This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You know, the old adage that history tends to repeat itself is never more true than what we're about to discuss. In fact, back in 1972, an ordinance aimed at cleaning up the quarter barred street vending, except for those that were previously previous license holders and one of those was lucky dog its iconic umbrella shaded food carts was the only company that was left standing and as a result enjoyed having that permit for a number of years well there's been a move afoot and the council uh, just voted 5-0 uh, last thursday to allow an additional uh, additional vendors who currently operate elsewhere in the city to sell on Bourbon Street and other areas in the French Quarter. And here to talk to us about this initiative is Council Member Freddie King uh, from the New Orleans City Council. Freddie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Noah. Thanks for having me. So, Freddie, tell us about uh, what the legislation does and where we're headed. This legislation would allow for five businesses who are already um, permitted to use push cards throughout the city we're going to allow those five businesses the opportunity to do push cart vending in the French Quarter, except for the residential areas in the French Quarter. So um, Bourbon Street, until you consider residential part, and other parts of the quarter um, that are entertainment. So those are going to start right away. Um, they're going to be regulated by the same instruments that lucky dog is regulated you have to have a, a push cart that has all of the sanitations and, and wash stations that's needed and this is the first step um we have discussed as a council and discussed with dc poor and other french quarter stakeholders and the um laws and company louisiana restaurant association about bringing an additional 14 vendors um in the french quarter to legally be able to vend. Um, they're going to have designated spots where they can vend. Um, it's going to be a lottery system that the Department of Revenue will operate. So it's just, just a push to allow more people to to legally vend in the quarter. At the same time, we want to clean up the quarter um, for, from those people who are who are doing it the wrong way. So the 14 vendors will be allowed to have how many food carts each? Once now, if it may be only ten, so if you get fifty people apply, each person gets one. The first fourteen. If you get um, maybe ten people apply, then four go back into the lottery, and maybe someone get a second cart. But this is to allow for one cart each per business 
in the French Quarter. And um, as you were pointing out, uh, th- there will be rules and regs as it relates to the construct of the of the food cart. I mean, when you look at the Lucky Dog Absolutely. carts, those are well done. Obviously, they're very clean. They've been around a long Absolutely. time. And it's uh, the same holds true there. So who, how is this going to work from a regulatory standpoint? Well, it would be the Department of Revenue. It will be NOPD, safety and permits, other departments in the city. They will make sure that, and also the health department, will make sure that the new carts are up to code, that they have everything they need uh, as far as, again, the sanitation, the wash stations, Certain foods would not be allowed, so a certain ways to cook would not be allowed. So there are going to be a lot of safeguards in place to make sure that everyone is safe, our visitors, our residents, and, and uh, those who work in the quarter. But the, the regulatory people would be the NOPD, safety and permits, and revenue. And um, will they have to pay for the right to conduct their business on the street? Yeah, so it's, it's a business. You had to pay for an occupational license. You had to pay sales tax to the city. Um, you had to pay for a cart, which I was told those carts range between five and $8,000, depending on how many bells and whistles you want. So this is, this is going to be a, a regulated um, process that's going to open up the door for more people. And I want to... I want to take a, a, a moment to pause and thank uh, Mr. Kirk Talbot, the lucky dog. Um, he stood to lose the most in this process, and I talked to him early and often. Um, he voluntarily um, gave up some of his permits to allow for others to come into the quarter, and he said um, right away that this is needed, and I'm happy to be a part of it. And he didn't push back at all. He was very helpful, but not only giving up his some of his permits, but helping draft this legislation so when we when we talk about um, the regulatory side you mentioned NOPD but why is it necessary to even uh, I mean those would be you want NOPD for the unlicensed vendors the licensed vendors you have the threat of pulling their license which is something that your sales tax people and safety and permits could handle uh, if they're not uh, appropriately licensed if they if they didn't renew their occupational license if they're not paying sales taxes uh, over um, you know if they're not going through their health department inspections mm-hmm. I mean is there you know I just bring that up because right away we go to the a lot of people want to go to the law enforcement side but the regulatory side has probably more more oomph than than the law enforcement side has. Right, and, 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 and um, you're correct about that. So not NOPD. NOPD, you want to keep them on the streets for the, the heavy lifting. So you're absolutely right. I, just, uh, I misspoke when I mentioned NOPD. So this would make it easier for those who run afoul to the law to be able to pull those licenses, pull those permits. So that's, that's an incentive to make sure that the people who are on the streets are doing things the right way. Because if you don't do it the right way, then you'll have... Um, your license pulled, and you won't be able to to properly then. And I also want to say, we we want NOPD to be tied up, or be to not be tied up with small illegal vendors. So speaking to ATC, they're willing to continue walking the streets as as long as possible. 
Um, the constable's office, we sat down with the new police chief. We sat down with her rank. Um, we were working on an MOU to allow the constable's office to walk the streets of the quarters to tie to free up NOPD from those nuisance um, issues, those illegal vendors, the snake charmers, the, the guy in the middle of the street doing the pull-ups. So we want to tie up, free up NOPD from those small issues and bring in other law enforcements for the, the nuisance problems, the illegal vending problems. Freddie, have y'all thought about amending the legislation to identify the goods that are sold or the service that's sold in the case of the snake guy that's charging, I don't know, $45 to put a snake around your neck, not knowing whether or not this is even a healthy animal? Um, mm-hmm. And obviously it's it's not a good practice to, to deem those things as contraband and seize them. Uh, it, well, seem, it seems to me that, that that's the quickest way to resolve this issue. You got somebody out there selling jello shots, selling yeah. liquor, hard liquor yeah. out of a bottle. The only way that you're going to rid yourself of th- these individuals is for them to lose money, not make money. And they lose money when you seize it and it's and it's rendered as contraband. And so look, look about the snake. Um, the issue is when you Who's going to seize a snake? Um, that's animal, that's animal control. Animal control. I mean, that, yeah, that's who that's, seizes the snake. That, that's that's easiest. We've we've had discussions about that, um, about who seizes the snake. But one thing, um, in speaking with the city attorney, speak with the municipal court judges, is you they are now issuing stairway orders. Um, from the quarter, and if you violate that still, we ought to then you are in contempt. And when you're in contempt, you've got to sit in jail for a couple of days. Um, that's something that's being explored until we can find out, we can get somebody from animal control to seize that snake. And I think once you once that happens to you, you violate that stairway order from, sell, from selling those photos with the snake, and you may have spend a couple of hours in jail or overnight in jail, I think that also sends a message that we are not playing about this. You can't sell jello shots. You can't uh, force people to take a, a, a picture with your python. You can't sell um, hard liquor or any other illegal substance in the quarter. Yeah, I mean, it just seems that, uh, you know, because what, what happens is, and I, and I applaud the initial efforts of the task force going out there, uh, but unless you're out there every day, and it doesn't mean that you got to go out there with 20 people if you have two people that are out there, but there's always pressure on these mm-hmm. individuals that are not following the rules, they'll go away. I mean, we've deployed that true. strategy with gangbangers. We've deployed that strategy with illegal vendors during Mardi Gras in, in Jefferson Parish, and we don't have those issues. They go away because they know... Well, that there's going to be pressure every day of the week and somebody's going to go ask because under the sales tax law, you can do an arbitrary assessment and say, you need to write me a check for this. And then you need to prove why this number is arbitrary. And the, the truth be told, they can't. And when you hit mm-hmm. them in the pocketbook that way, they don't come back. Because they know it's it's a losing proposition for them, um, you know we we have our sales tax auditors go out in front of Mardi Gras parades every year, 
and look for the vendors that don't have licenses that are pulling the grocery carts right. out there and selling goods and wares. And everybody knows it, that we're not tolerating it. And we, we set that, that assessment. They have to, they have to uh, give us the money or we're taking the goods. And, you know, they're out of business. And now they've lost money. And, you know, and unless and until you get to that situation where we're doing it, and I mean, it's a perfect opportunity. Governor-elect Jeff Landry's got a New Orleans committee. He's expressed a desire to help. Give us four ATC officers and, and two a day. They go and they run, the, you know, the, the French Quarter and let them stop people. Even if it's only three stops or five stops or it's only two hours a day, it's that pressure that's going to get people to stay out of the French Quarter for sure. Now, they're going to go somewhere else. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to have to be someone else that's going to take on that initiative in, in the remaining areas of the parish. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you, you, everything you said is correct. And I wasn't out this past weekend, but we had some eyes out there. And we were told this was one of the best weekends that they have seen in quite some months, in quite some years. Uh, there was only a handful of shot girls, and there was no no snake charmers, no nobody illegally bending, no one selling, uh, doing the pull-ups in the middle of the street. So the message is, is getting out there. The, mm-hmm. the issue is going to be to be consistent. And like you said, having somebody out there one or two every day, well, every weekend, um, so the message is clear that this won't be tolerated in the city. Um, we're giving you avenues to do things the right way. And if you don't want to do it the right way, then you will have to pay the price. What that price is, we're still figuring that out. But um, we're making strides. We're taking the, the steps in the right direction to make the quarter a better place. And I want to stress, it's just not for the businesses, just not for the residents or the visitors, but for everyone, because everyone um, attends a frequency and, and spends money in the quarter. No, absolutely. Street performers, are they licensed? Some are. Um, I, I know some are, but I don't have the, like, the numbers on how many. I would, so I, I do know some of them are, yes. So why would we not take the same track with street performers as we are with food vendors and, and, and others. That's something to consider. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to be quite frank with you. What do you do if 100 kids show up tomorrow and they decide that we want to go beat buckets on Bourbon Street? Yeah, I, I never thought about that. Uh, that would be a problem. Uh, yeah, that would be a, a huge problem. It, I mean, I, that, you know, that, I, I walk by one of the most iconic restaurants in the French Quarter. Uh, my uncle happened to be the maitre d' there for uh, three decades, great, greater than three decades, Galatoire's. And, you know, you got everybody that comes from around the world that wants to go there, and there's not a day go by, there's not three kids out there beating buckets. I mean, I can't yeah, imagine I, I, anybody would walk into a boardroom and say, this is the marketing that we want to do. We want to have three bucket beaters in front of our most iconic restaurant in the city uh, for the whole world to see. I mean, I can't imagine that y'all would go into executive session of the council and, and really come up with an idea like that, would you? 
No, no. And as far as the, the I think it's a deeper issue when you have children um, in the quarter performing late at night. That That's a deeper issue that the city that I'm trying my I'm taking the lead on to to try to resolve um, just providing more opportunities for our children. And I know we're talking about the vending, but um, we, we, you mentioned that the kids going into the, to the quarter beating on buckets. That just lets me know that our kids need more opportunities to do other things. Um, other ways to make money. Well, their their um, parents are the exploiting them. I mean, their parents are exploiting them. I mean, I've seen in five minutes' time, I, I could take you to right where they drop them off, and you're going to see all of them get dropped off by their parents. They open the trunk. They, they get the buckets out, and the parent goes and, and parks the car, and then the parent is sitting a short distance away from the kids beating the buckets. I mean, it, it's not the kids an opportunity. It's the parents that are living off of these children. They're not going to school. Um, you go there on a Friday afternoon when a lot of restaurants are open for lunch and everything else, Big, the big days before Thanksgiving, Christmas, Mardi Gras, and you're going to see kids. They're not in school. They're out there beating buckets. And, you know, again, though, if I'm trying to sell the city to all in the world and to the locals, I don't. I don't have bucket beaters sitting in front of the most iconic restaurant in the one of the most iconic restaurants in the world. I can't imagine anybody coming up with that plan, right? Especially one where uh, you, Freddie King, and six other council members and the mayor are are looking at sales tax income and everything else. You want that to be increased. I mean that's. That's the only thing that beats back property tax increases is zinging on the sales tax side. And yet we allow things to occur where we don't maximize our ability uh, to generate dollars for the city by letting people do what they want, what they want, when they want and how they want. And, you know, I've approached in the old council, several council members, and, you know, the response was, well, that's our culture. I'm like, it can't be. When did that happen? I've lived here my entire life. <laughs> I mean, is there a culture committee on the on the council that, that waves a magic wand and says, yes, this activity is now our culture, and, and therefore there's an exception to all the rules and the regs? I mean, I, I look, I don't mean to be overly aggressive, but mm-hmm. I, I believe in your mission, and you've accomplished more in a short period of time than most council members that have had the French Quarter in their domain in a long, long time. <laughs> and I see this is nothing but positive, so please don't take me wrong here. No, not, not but, at all, not at all. You know, but we have an opportunity to, to really clean this up. And when you go to Nashville and you go down mm-hmm. that honky-tonk row, you don't see this. You know, everybody that's doing something that they allow has a license. And, you know, and the enjoyment is just absolutely – as a New Orleanian and, and almost every New Orleanian I've ever talked to that went there said, oh, my God, it's clean, it's healthy, it's, it's alive. You can listen to music. You're not getting jacked up by people. You're not this. You're not that. You know, and you know what happens? They spend more money. And they stay longer. <laughs> and they stay longer. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so we, yeah. we're definitely making a, a push um, to clean up the quarter for everyone. And again, like you said, we've done more in our few short years than most have done in their term. And this is just the beginning. 
Um, we have, a, we're not, one of the keys is, no, we're not just listening to one group. We're listening right. to, to those who want to, who live in the quarter, those who work, those who want to vent. So we're getting ideas and views from all over and it put it in, in this gumbo pot, if you will, to, to create the best environment. And, and everyone doesn't walk away happy, but I think that's a sign of a good, uh, of, of good legislation. When everyone say, you know what, I didn't get everything I wanted, but I can live with that, and we're moving in the right direction. I think that's what we're doing. Yeah. No, I agree. I, and I've heard you say that many times before, and there's no doubt, because that means everyone has come to the table and had to compromise, right? And, and Yes. That, and that's a – I know that we think that's a bad word. I, I have happened to thought my whole career that it was a good word. Um, uh, but necessary. And, and I, and I commend you and the council on on this vote and, and trying to clean this thing up. Thank you so much for joining us, and please Thank you. have a great Thanksgiving holiday. Thank you. All righty, that's Councilmember Freddie King represents the French Quarter. We'll be right back, folks, 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Folks, you will recall uh, the murder of Linda Fricky, where uh, she was the victim of a carjacking uh, that uh, led to her horrific death. Uh, we've seen the video. Three teens pleaded guilty to attempt manslaughter uh, yesterday uh, while uh, a jury was being picked. And here to talk to us about it is Ginny Griffin who is Linda Fricky's sister. Jenny, uh, welcome to the show. Oh, hello. It's good to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Our, our, our thoughts, our prayers are with you and your family during this holiday season. Um, if you would, um, the situation that happened yesterday with the three teens that pled guilty to attempt manslaughter, your thoughts? Well, they are young ladies. They are young. They were juveniles when this happened. So they would the max they would have gotten was 25 years. So when they mm-hmm. offered to give us the plea deal of pleading guilty, which is in our favor, pleading guilty and then 20 years with the possibility of parole in 15, we were good with that. Uh, it was yeah. not the most exciting, you know, it wasn't a great day. It was a sad day because, you know, three young ladies have lost basically their their youth because they now will spend the next at least 15 years in prison, uh, which is what we wanted. They took Linda's life. They didn't do anything to stop it. But, um, you know, 
this is just a bad all all crime is just bad situations because no one gets back the person they lost no one and then by having these three now go to prison their parents have lost them and um the only one we really have no mercy on is the guy because he he definitely did everything he beat her he dragged her and he drove the car and that and that would be john honore uh who john will go honore, face yes. face trial kind of uh, starting next mm-hmm. monday right right uh the girls would <clears throat> would have been in there with him uh and it would have been a lot more testimony but against him now, it, it gives us a stronger case because if the three girls have admitted that they were guilty in there, they can turn, you know, they can in turn um, state that he was the driver. OK, uh, they didn't do anything to stop. So I feel that the term the term they got is fair, you know, for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. OK, they should have been and, in school. And that's one of the things the judge told them. Right. And Jenny, uh, you had the opportunity. Your family had the opportunity to to uh, uh, they express they they communicated with you, meaning the DA's office, about this potential plea deal, right? Yes, they did. <clears throat> they did. They and, uh, they wouldn't take anything less than that. And when they got that offer, they they reached out to us. Yeah. You know, I talked to a, a criminal defense lawyer earlier, kind of reached the same conclusion that you did. This 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 delivers, if nothing else, certainty as it relates to, to these three young ladies. Correct. Yeah. You How know, they dealing? admitted they were there. And, you know, because there was a big fight, if you remember, a little while back on the DNA. Um, and there was only three pieces of DNA. So uh, this actually gave us them the three of them in the car for sure right how are you guys doing and dealing with this during this holiday season uh as any anyone would be it's it's saddened when you think about it uh but we have to continue because you know the the new grandchildren the the life is here so we have to continue through the season uh you do hold the loss for her, but it's just something everyone holds for a loss of their, you know, very, their loved one. And Jenny, uh, I can't help but think that um, the spotlight that y'all have brought on this in, in, in Linda's memory, um, I think has played as a very strong impetus to moving this case along in, in this system. And I, I've talked to a number of people. I asked that question of this, uh, defense attorney, former prosecutor, lawyer this morning that was explaining the law to us. And she said, without a doubt, she thought that the fact that the community and, the, you know, y'all's ability to get the community behind y'all played a, a, a big part in bringing this to where it is today. Your thoughts? Yes, definitely. We want to thank everyone, the news media and uh, all the people who are behind us. It definitely played a big part on it. Uh, I can tell you this um, from what I was thinking this morning. I'm, I'm 62. They, they have a 20-year plea deal that will make me 82. So it will be up to the younger generation to fight it if they come up for parole, you know, because I don't see that I'll be there. But um, I don't know. I might be. <laughs> but it's just uh, um, it's just really 
you know, it goes to show you that if you don't move this fast, and that's what's wrong with the political system a lot, a lot of delays and late and, and back things, all the delays that the pinch tried, the victim's family really kind of gets over the hurt of what happened. And, you know, you always remember the pain of that day, but, you know, your your hurt starts to diminish and you start to have good memories of that person rather than the hurt. And that's why you're not as angry four or five years down the road. So I think if we went to trial quicker with some of these criminals, people, the victim's families would still have that anger. And, you know, they apologized yesterday, apologized for getting in the car. It's two years too late. (laughs) You know, Um, they could have did this from the get go, you know, but they delayed it and made us go through all of these uh, hoops to get to this point well it's clear that they knew they know the difference between right and wrong that was never you know a challenge here right i mean there's never no, any doubt no. in your mind was there never any doubt and uh all of them were competent and um the one that was in the front seat uh she did get also the 20 years uh that one i'm not so great on getting the 20 years because i feel like she was more of an accomplice than the two in the back seat uh she um you know, with her, uh, her attorney apologized for her. So I, I still feel that she's not as sincere as as the other two were. Yeah. Um, I know that you've been there through thick and thin at every turn, every hearing, and otherwise um, y'all plan on being there at the trial next week? Oh, definitely. We will be there first thing in the morning on uh, Monday morning and we'll stay until we get the the verdict and hopefully he's guilty. I'm not sure if he can get life. I know that he can get 25 years. Hopefully he just gets the maximum that the judge will give him. Um, He does not, as I said, he doesn't deserve any type of mercy, any feelings from us. We are still very angry with him. Uh, You know, it's, it's just, that's, a hearting, it, it still hardens your heart, but like I said, the hurt has gone away. It's just, you know, you remember that day and you think of sorrow instead of instead of anger is what it's turned to. Yes, no doubt. Uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Um, continue with the strength that y'all have exhibited thus far. I know it's, I can't even imagine, a, you know, I, I can't imagine, quite frankly, and most people can't. Um, to lose a loved one that way and to have to go revisit this over and over and over again through the, every individual process within the criminal justice system. But as a community, I'll tell you, I think uh, people are behind you and they thank you, quite frankly. Um, and I know that y'all have made this sacrifice, uh, but it, it, it means a lot to the community. It really does. Right, and, right. Well, we're hoping, we're hoping that what comes out of this is that Teenagers in New Orleans and in the surrounding parishes will see that you can be tried as an adult and and you do have consequences for doing this. And maybe even some of the parents will start checking where their kids are and the schools will start calling and saying the kids are not in school today again. You know, we we just need to bring some laws back into into policies that are there. Uh, Respect needs to come back. We need to put respect back into the youth. That's what we need to do. 
Well, Jenny, God bless and Godspeed to you and your family. And I know it will be hard, but we want you to have a blessed Thanksgiving uh, as well. And thank you so much well, for joining us Just say us prayers because the trial will be a tough one next week. So just keep us in y'all prayers, and we appreciate it. We definitely will. Thank you again. Have a, uh, Thank a, you. hopefully a good Thanksgiving. All righty. That's you. Jenny you Griffin, too. Linda Fricky's sister. We will be right back, folks. Stay with us. Welcome back, folks. We'll go to the talk lines. Nancy, you're up. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sheriff. Nancy. Hey, Nancy, yeah. how are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? Good, good. I, you had a question? Yes. Um, well, I wanted to ask, when exactly was this? incident with Miss Fricky. What date? Uh, it was, I think, uh, uh, let me see, I'm trying to remember here. I want to say it was about a year and a half ago, if my memory serves me correct. Okay. okay. Now, secondly, are these individuals, have they been incarcerated since then, or have they been out just living their lives? Uh, I think uh, for a period of time, they were out and they were also incarcerated okay so then whatever time they did do in jail is not going to be applied to their sentence uh more often than not it usually is uh period of time that they spent in jail they would be Mm -hmm. given credit for time served i don't know whether or not the judge gave them credit for time served but more often than not they do that's what i was curious about i mean you know they may not have been the driver. They may not have been the one hitting this poor lady, but they know right from wrong, and they knew what they were doing. So there you go. Yeah, and the beauty, as as we said during, you know, when we were talking, is that this brings certainty, right? I mean, when when they plead like that, um, you know, they they have to to go through kind of a question and answer with the judge and what it's called my it just escaped me i had it on the tip of my tongue but nonetheless um in order to make sure that they're that they're they're willfully and uh doing this um and they're not coerced and Mm -hmm. pleading guilty so it brings certainty so that's three of the four defendants that you know are going to jail and the last one john honore will go to trial on monday november the 27th and the jury's been picked and Mm -hmm. and the trial will start Mm -hmm. and as jenny griffin said they intends to be there and they've been there oh definitely every, definitely every time they've been on top of it they've kept the community involved and the community's really stepped up and i really believe it's been a difference maker in this case and you know the community needs to to stay engaged in a lot of these cases that we hear about that that are out there uh, where the family is calling for assistance to have justice um the, the community needs to get engaged uh, more often than not. And, this, and what happens is the criminal justice system will respond. I've seen it. The squeaky wheel gets the oil, oil as the old adage is, is out there, right? It doesn't guarantee yeah. an outcome. That's not what you're asking for. What you're asking for is that the process be adhered to and that, you know, the process is sacrosanct and everybody wants to make sure that these folks' constitutional rights are there they're not infringed upon but the process moves forward and that's that's what we can ask for that's our system and and Mm -hmm. hopefully this works out 
as it relates to John Honore, that he's found guilty of the crime. Uh, I mean, I, it's hard to imagine otherwise when you look at that horrific video, right? Uh, but, yeah. Uh, God, bl- God bless uh, Miss Linda Fricky and her family and uh, in, in what they've had to go through. Thank you so much, Nancy, for the call. Have a great Thanksgiving uh, holiday as well. Thank you, Sheriff. You too. God bless. Bye. All righty, folks, we will be right back. Uh, Scoot is up next, and we'll visit with him to see what he has uh, coming your way when we return. So stay with us. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. We'll be right back. This is Newell on WWL. Scoot's up next, and he joins us. What do we have coming up, Scoot? Well, we'll talk about the Stones coming to Jazz Fest, and we'll also talk about Thanksgiving and some things that you didn't know about Thanksgiving. All righty, Scoot's coming up. Uh, Stay tuned, folks. Got a great lineup coming your way. Hope you enjoyed today's show. We'll see you again in the morning. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 